This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Heather Moog. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello, listener, beholder, whatever you want to call yourself, and welcome to another week of our humble little Behold podcast. A, a quick note, this last couple of weeks, we've crossed officially the half of a whole year mark that we've been doing this. I can't episode. handle this information. This is too crazy. Isn't that crazy? More than half of the entire year we've been doing this, which is so amazing. Um, but anyways, hey, this is Sean and Dan, as always, and for the first time on the Behold podcast, drumroll everybody from wherever you're listening, we have the one and only Heather Moog. Say hi, Heather. Hello. So, so Heather, really quick before we do the podcast, why don't you introduce yourself, even though you just said hello, tell people what your role is at Valley Bible Church, and then give us a little update on you and your wonderful husband in this season of life. Yeah, so um, I'm Heather Moog, and I've worked at VBC, I think, almost four years, or just over three and a half. Um, I recently stepped into the role of Director of Visual Communications, which is a fancy way of saying I just kind of make sure things look good. (laughs) (laughs) It's an important role. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really jumped into that in this COVID quarantine season, and I work a lot with Sean and the admin crew and... Um, It's been really a joy. And in terms of Josh and I, um, we recently celebrated our third year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That's big time. Thank you. So we went away this uh, last weekend, which was really fun. We went up um, north of Tahoe in Sierraville, and it was so great. We were like in nature and went hiking and kayaking, and it was um, just good to unplug and spend time together. And since we haven't been traveling much this year, I'm sure like many people, it felt really, really extra special, you know? So that was good. September has been kind of like a celebration month um, because we have both of our birthdays, our marriage anniversary. So October is like slowing down. Nice. nice. Yeah, that is good. So, And I just want to take a minute just to to praise you a little bit, um, you know, publicly uh, just you know, for uh, if you, if you haven't been to the website recently, if you if you not if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, um, if you haven't been paying attention to just the um, visual presentation of even something like our, the message notes or um, what's happening on social media, uh, Heather is the is the genius and the master behind most of what you see online and just how things are presented, and you're just doing a great job, and and I think uh, it's it, it's really helping us communicate in, in a more engaging and effective way. So, so, you know, oh, own it a little you. bit, raise the roof, like <laughs> let's celebrate God's grace and, and you're doing a great job. Thank you. That's raise really the roof. Yeah. And I'll just <laughs> echo that. You know, some of you who don't know this, when Heather was doing the office manager and admin role, she was really doing a lot of this stuff at the same time as doing that and just working double time, uh, but just very humbly and happily serving. And so we're all just so grateful for all the hard work you do and yeah, that you're the person that makes stuff look good because we definitely need it. Um, Thanks, guys. It's an honor. Sweet. Yeah. So, anyways, um, 
the whole podcast this week. So if you've been tracking with us on Sunday mornings, we are in our Together series. We're talking all about how we are designed for relationships and community. And you know, recently we, we've kind of broken down how really that stems from God's nature. You know, he's a relational God. He, he in himself and the Holy Spirit and his son for all eternity have, have been in that relationship and community with one another. And so us made in his image are, of course, the same way. And this week, Charlie Mang looked at Colossians 3 to really kind of break down some specifics of what that looks like as Christians. You know, he gave us some some actionable things of here's four things that you need to be doing if you want to be caring for one another um, as lovers of Christ. But before we talk about these things, we thought it would be good on the podcast just to give a little explanation of kind of the context of these things and really where, where do these come from? What's the motivation? You know, is it just a job that we're doing or is there something deeper? So uh, just to open it up, I'm going to let Dan take it and we'll go from there. Yeah. So one of the things that I've just been chewing on since Sunday's message is just looking back a little bit in Colossians because Charlie started us off in verse 12 and he took us th- through 17 to talk about those four things to give us this this really uh, a picture of what it means to, to care and, and to love for to, to love one another. But if you go back to the beginning of chapter three, uh, you see this, this amazing statement by Paul. It says, if then you've been raised with Christ, uh, right? So it's just this, like, it, it's almost like the, um, it's the, it's the premise of everything he's about to say with regards to um, what the what the household of God is is meant to look like? What how why what what God has designed us um, to do and be as we live together in community? It's mm. it sets the tone for everything He's about to say, and so just one of the things I think we should talk about on on this podcast is like, man, that is a that is a reality of our identity. Like we we we've been immersed in Christ, and so everything that. <laughs> Uh, that Paul is laying out for us stems from that reality. And, and then um, as you look at verse two, it's like, then, then there's this, there's this call to um, because of that reality to, to not be fixated or focused on earthly things, but to look to the heavenly things, to, to look at the the things that um, are centered around Christ. And, um, and then there's this, there's this amazing reality. It's like, because we are, you know, immersed into Christ. This is our identity. We have this amazing hope that when Christ returns, like we will walk in the fullness of this, this new life that he's given us. And so I just thought, man, that's a great way for us to start out our conversation today. And I know Heather, as you were listening on Sunday, there were some things that came up um, to you just along those lines of like our identity, um, in Christ and and how it connects to all these things that Charlie went through. So, do you want to do you want to just share what's on your heart about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Charlie really drove home that when we love one another and care for each other in this way, you know, in the way that we're going to talk about a little bit more, it's an outward expression of an inward reality. And I think it is so good to read all of Colossians three and get that context. You know, we're we're hidden in Christ. Um, it says in verse three, and we put to death the things of the flesh. Um, we put off the old self and then we put on the new self. And um, if I can just read uh, verse nine and 10, it says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put 
on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So there's that renewal, right? Like we have a renewed um, heart in Christ and that's where all of this flows out of. So yeah, I was really encouraged to remember that. And and that was really woven throughout the message. Charlie emphasized this is not a checklist, you know, that we just, um, that we do or that we um, feel obligated to, to care for one another. It's really an overflow of who we are in Christ and our identity and our position. And maybe to even take it one step further, I think that's what makes um, Christian love different than than the love of the world. You know, like before, without Christ or before Christ, we we don't have this same freedom and ability to to love others sacrificially as we do in the Lord. Yeah, and Charlie did a great job of just talking about that. That yeah, we you know this this love that we're talking about, it's an active and will willful heartfelt reality. And it's so important for us, especially with a word like love that has really been co-opted by the world, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and it's come to mean uh, something very different than, than what, what Paul talks about here in Colossians three. And so for, for Charlie to just talk about these different aspects, um, I think is, is so important. And I don't know if you guys loved, loved, there you go. I don't know if you guys appreciated how Charlie talked about, um, you know, from, from the text, like this idea of like putting on love. Do you you guys remember when he talked about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he talked about how, what you wear, you know, what the clothes someone's wearing really tells something significant about the person. And he, he talked about, you know, Oakland A's, uh, which, you know, uh, I'm a Giants fan, so that's fine. But so, but anyway, um, we talked about, oh, I'm wearing a jacket, so I'm cold or, um, this, I, I really liked when he talked about the work uniform. Um, uh, can I tell you guys a funny story about my first job that I ever got had? Please, please do. Yes. Okay. So, so, um, when I was in high school, I had a friend who, uh, who worked for, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Um, he worked at Chuck E. Cheese. He's like, oh, dude, I could get you a job. Right. And so, um, I show up and, uh, to, to the training and they put me, there's like a TV in like the broom closet. Um, and I have to like sit there and like do the training. And, um, but before I do the training, they give me like my, my, uh, my uniform and it was the, the most awful, like uniform. Like I, it was like the shorts were like these like really big pleated, like ugly shorts, but as big as they were, they were equally as short. (laughs) And so it's just like very, and it just uncomfortable. And then this like cheesy, like polo shirt with like Chuck E. Cheese collar or whatever. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And then as I started watching the training video, it became increasingly clear to me that I was hired to be Chuck E. Cheese. So not only did I have to wear this cheesy uniform under underneath, but I was going to be wearing the, the Chuck E. Cheese like outfit and like, you know, walk around and have kids like kick me and, and, and push me around and stuff. And so I didn't even finish the training. I just walked out. I left. I, I quit the job. I couldn't do it. Wow. wow. <laughs> you spared yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But I couldn't, cause I couldn't bear being associated with all of that. Sorry if there are any Chuck E. Cheese people out there that are listening. That's uh, great. But I was going to say, like, what have you thought about what you've missed out on? What if you're still there? You could be like the head Chucky right now. You know, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I missed my calling. But, but I just, so that really resonated with me that whole thing of just like, uh, of putting on love and, and how it, 
what you're wearing, you know, does say a lot about who you are. And, and Jesus says like, that's how people are going to know that you belong to me, that you're my disciples is because of your love. And so that, that really resonated with me. And, um, I think it just made me, it, it encouraged me to say, man, this is, we, we want our love to be like that, that it tells the world that we belong to Christ. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that was super encouraging. I also love it too, because it's active, right? It's something, it's, it's almost like, you know, we get dressed every day. We put our clothes on every day. It's something we make a willful choice about. And so to think about love in those terms, I think is really helpful. Well, it's very interesting. Like I love some of the verbiage going on right now. These words like reality or like Heather, like identity, like those are such like deep like permanence in those words, you know, and it feels mm. so just like immovable. Like this is reality. This is the way things are. This is the way God has made it. The reality is that he designed us for a community. The reality is that we are, we have freedom in Christ. Like these are permanence. But then on the flip side, it's interesting because even though those things are totally immovable, done deal, reality, period, at the same time, like if you look at Colossians, there's all this language about us having to do something then with that. Mm. You know, like even just verse one, if you have been raised with Christ, that's the reality, then seek the things that are above, which is the action for us. And later on, to put your mind on things that are above and not of, of the earth. And then as you read through Colossians, so many times it says, put on, put on, put on, you know, put on your new self, put on holy and beloved, all these things. And so I think what we're getting at, which we're going to unpack more um, on this episode, is just if this is our reality, what do we have to do? Um, Like you said, Dan, a lot of that has to do with putting on these things. But then another thing that we'll talk about a little bit later is this idea of like in verse 10, we have put on yourself and then comma, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And I just love the way that that's, that's worded. It says, which is being renewed in knowledge. It doesn't say it has been renewed, period. It doesn't say which is being renewed, period. It says, which is being continuously renewed in knowledge. And what is knowledge? Where do we get that from? What do you guys think? Uh, the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> exactly. So we're really seeing here that if this is our reality, then as God's people and as Christ's people then we need to be continuously renewing our knowledge and steeping ourselves in scripture, which kind of leads us into Charlie's fish analogy, which I absolutely love. Dan, do you want to explain that one? Yeah. So if you, if you weren't, if you didn't listen, first of all, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to, to the message and not just listen to the message, but, but if you missed the VBC at home, watch the whole thing. You know, there, I know there's, there's some folks out there that just fast forward through the music or fast forward through, you know, Tim's stuff or skip communion or whatever. They just want to get to the message, man. I'm, I'm constantly encouraged every week at how the Holy spirit just ties everything together. Even things we didn't even plan on. It just, they just spontaneously happen because God is so good. So if you're, if you're picking and choosing in a little bit, uh, that's our, my little plug and encouragement to watch the whole thing. But anyway, if you, if you did miss the fish analogy, um, Charlie talked about that he had this, this great job, uh, where he worked in a fish, uh, fish market and all day long, he's gutting fish, cleaning fish, handling fish, selling fish, stocking the fish cases with fish. And so, uh, invariably, he would end up every day smelling like surprise fish. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there was this, um, 
basically the connection he was trying to make is like, man, if we are immersing ourselves in Jesus and abiding in his word and, and just walking in step with the spirit and we're, we're just beholding the glory of, of, of God in the face of Christ daily, the, the, what that's going to produce in us is we're going to smell like Jesus. You know, he even referenced, um, second Corinthians chapter two, like we are the aroma of Christ, um, to, to the world, you know? And, um, I just, I think that was something that stuck with me is like, man, I, I want to smell like Jesus. And I was even thinking about in Acts, um, chapter four, um, you know, there was, uh, when you, when you see kind of this, this, uh, you know, when the, when the early church is getting started in, uh, in Jerusalem, like there was this, uh, clear, um, amazement <laughs> when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, um, when people saw that they, they, they realized that, Hey man, th- these are just ordinary men. They're just, they're regular people. They got no special training in the scriptures, but they recognized them as people who had been with Jesus. And I just, mm. I just thought about that, man. It's like, I, I want people when they see me to say the same thing. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I just love thinking about that. I love thinking about this picture of just, you know, of steeping ourselves in, in Jesus's fish market all day and just reeking of him because, you know, like we've seen if, if we're really heeding the call, if we're really doing what Paul has told us to do, then we can't not just reek of Jesus. That aroma of Christ cannot help but just permeate and we can't help but put on that that clothing of Christ's love to the people around us. So w- kind of with that in mind, having established that context, let's talk about these four actions that Charlie explained, help us to guarantee that we're truly loving God's people. Um, and we'll start with the first one, which is, forbearing and forgiving as Christ has done for us. And in this one, you know, Charlie referenced Colossians 3, 12 and 13. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And so those five things, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, Charlie really used to say, this is what harmony looks like in, in the Christian life, in, in, in God's church. And sometimes that word harmony can be just twisted. Like we don't really fully understand its meaning, especially now. I think most people, when they hear harmony, they think e-harmony, you know? So, <laughs> oh, so boy. maybe Dan, if you want to give us a little insight, what, what should we think of when we hear that word harmony and how it pertains to us, like living together and doing life together? Well, Charlie talked about Sarah his wife, how, how lovely her voice is. And I think we can all agree if you've heard it, it's, it's, it's angelic. Amen. Um, but he said, there's, there's something even more powerful when, when someone like Natalie Moog comes alongside her and, and sings, uh, you know, a pattern of notes that's, that's just a little bit higher and then kind of tracks along with, uh, with whatever she's singing and if you've ever heard that, it, it is, there, there's something, there's something divine about it. And I, I know that I'm a little biased here, but I also think that it is, it is part of God's design for music that, that there's a, there's a, a picture of Christian unity in 
the, you know, inside the idea of harmony. Um, and I kind of wanted to read this uh, quote from Martin Luther and uh, you'll have to bear with me a little bit because the language is a little bit weird. It's, it's, it's from like a long time ago. Um, but I want you to listen to what, to what Luther thinks about music and, and harmony and how voices can kind of fit together to create this beautiful sound. And I want you to think about it as part of God's design and maybe challenge your uh, perception or your view of music and harmony. And because I think sometimes, you know, it's easy for, for, for a person to dismiss music and just say, ah, I don't really like it. It doesn't really resonate with me. Um, or, or maybe I don't like this particular style of music that we do in church or whatever. And so I just kind of like, I think, a lot, I think it's easy for people to have a low view of music and harmony. And I think for those people, you're missing an opportunity to, to see uh, a picture of Christian unity. So just think about that as I read this quote and see if you can track with me. Okay, so this is what Martin Luther says. When man's natural ability is wedded and polished to the extent that it becomes an art, then do we note with great surprise the great and perfect wisdom of God in music, which is, after all, his product and his gift. We marvel when we hear music in which one voice sings a simple melody while three, four, or five other voices play and trip lustily around the voice that sings its simple melody and adorn this simple melody wonderfully with artistic musical effects, harmony, thus reminding us of a heavenly dance where all meet in a spirit of friendliness, caress, and embrace. A person who gives this some thought and yet does not regard it, music, as a marvelous creation of God, must be a clod hopper indeed and does not deserve to be called a human being. He should be permitted to hear nothing but the braying of asses and the grunting of hogs. And uh, we, we, maybe we don't want to, um, I don't know, imitate Luther's attitude towards people that dismiss music. Um, but we do, I think, want to, want to imitate his passion for music and singing because it reflects um, the divine. And, and, it, and it gives us a great picture of what we're talking about in Colossians 3. And I think that um, we we can uh, think about it in terms of how we interact with each other. And, and even our conversation about spiritual gifts, like, man, we're all playing a part. You know, we talked about an orchestra, how everyone does their sound and it comes together and makes this beautiful thing. I think there's some really important things for us about music. I mean, even in, in verse 16, in, in this section, he talks about singing and music um, as a way for us to, to interact with each other. So um, that's kind of, okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox uh, that, you know, that that's me just as a worship pastor, as a musician, like pleading with you beholders, like, dig into singing and music. There's so much in there that God wants us to get out of, uh, you know, when we, when we engage in that way. Well, and I love on, I loved on Sunday when Charlie really encouraged us right before the second set of worship, Hey, sing out loud to the Lord. And that is a unique expression of our worship to God. And as you were talking, Dan, I was just thinking, this is such a perfect, um, analogy for like, yes, we are, we're called to sing, together, literally and right. physically, but also our lives in a way sing together. And wow. that what's the opposite of harmony? I mean, I'm not like a music person. Like, like dissonance. You guys. D- dissonance. Yeah. And yeah. like discord. And I think I was just thinking of like, 
you know, we we no, take note of that. I think when when there is dissonance in our relationships or within the family of God, we we can feel that when there's that discord. And then the opposite of that is when we have that beautiful harmony and unity, and that's what we're striving for in God. So it's a it's a beautiful way to describe it. I think. Yeah, Appreciate and I, I love I love it. Makes me think of Psalm one thirty three verse two. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. There, there is something that um, just resonates with our soul when we see it as, as unbelievers or we experience it as part of the family of God. Man, both of you preach it. And <laughs> I'm going to get back on the music soapbox for a second here because I know we're beating this to, to a pulp, but we're music people. We have to, we don't have a choice. <laughs> Heather, you count. You're, you're a music person too. Um, you know, it's interesting to think about God's design for music. And there, there's certain things that he has designed into the way physics work that I think inform our idea of harmony. You know, when you hear a musical note, it's a wavelength of sound, you know, that's creating a tone. And if it's just one note, that's all it can do is it can do that. That one wavelength is the only sound it can make. But when there's two different notes together, what happens is these wavelengths will correlate with each other and, and bounce and make things that could never happen before. And they create these things called overtones. And, and it's adding impact. So it's not just mm-hmm. the, the, the addition of this plus this, but them together is actually a greater thing than what they were on either one added together. And same thing with vocals. When two people are singing together, they're the wavelengths of their voices. There's this thing around like three kilohertz that when people sing together in tight harmony, the sound that's produced from that, this locking core together is way greater in, in harmonics and in overtones than what would have been in either one added together. And I think God's picture for us is the same way. You know, we can do life as, as a single person loving Jesus and living in the desert, you know, but when his people come together and, and they, they interact in the way that God's designed, the, the outcome is greater than just the sum of all these people. You know, the, we, this last week on staff, we did this project where we're looking at characteristics of God and we've been kind of analyzing different tandems as far as like, oh, let's pair his, his truth with his omnipotence and what does that mean for us? And as we're doing that, we've really been looking at just that same idea that, that God has a lot of different characteristics and, and each one of them are amazing and profound. But the the reality that comes together when you really consider all of them is so much greater than just the, than just the addition of them all. And just like that with us, his people, his children made in his image, when we come together, like you guys are saying, that I think is really what, A, blesses us as his people. And we're able to enjoy life and reap all the benefits that he intended for us. But then also... That, I think, is the greatest way we can put on love for people to see. You know, I think that more than anything, you hear that all the time from people. Oh, man, I came to this church family and I just immediately saw God's love amongst these people. And like going back to last week, I think that is truly how we can demonstrate koinonia to people and in that way show harmony. Well, that's a great, great segue to talking about the the second point that that Charlie made just about pursuing peaceful living with one another. And again, I I think if we can kind of wrap our heads around what, what, what Sean's talking about, 
um, it, it, it just, it motivates us to, to let peace rule in our community. And I love how Charlie talked about, um, it's kind of like an umpire, you, you know, um, how, how they, they'll kind of make sure that the, the game is going the way it should be going. And this is, has implications for relationships in our household of God, um, in, in our hearts as a community. I love how, how it, it's, it's, it's a plural thing. It's like, it's not, don't let pe- the peace of Christ just rule in your heart, like each one of you, but it's this collective thing that, that in our, in the household of God, that we are, we are called to peace. And, and it's really only through Christ that that is achieved. So I, I think that connects really, really well. Um, what did you guys, what did you guys think about his, his third point there? Um, filling yourself with God's word. And as we speak it to one another, you know, we talked about, um, just kind of consuming, ingesting, intaking God's word and how important that is, uh, to, to community. Um, but then also sharing it with others. What are some things you guys got out of that point? Yeah, I mean, bringing up the the his work analogy again with the fish, um, I thought that was helpful because, um, I mean, specifically with spending time in the Word, um, I think there is a direct correlation to how it impacts our life, right? Like if we're engaging with it and handling it, meditating on it, spending time in the Word of God, then it's naturally going to overflow in our lives and in our conversation with each other. Um, so, yeah, it was a really encouraging reminder and looking at the verse, you know, it's, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, um, which is so neat to just think of how God words, God's word lives in us. And so I was really encouraged um, just to think about my personal time. You know, am I spending time with um, the word of God, not just in the morning or in my devotional time, but throughout the day, ta- throughout the day and pausing to meditate on it and really um, take to heart the truth of the Lord. Yeah. And it's so interesting too. Mm-hmm. those. I just looked at it now, those parallel statements from, from 15 and 16, like let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, let the word of Christ dwell. So, and it's interesting because it's um, when you think of let it's, it's, it's almost like we're just kind of like opening ourselves up to it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not passive per se, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to make this decision to like open up my, my lid and like, let, let Christ like dump into my, <laughs> my cup, you know? Um, and, and to do that together as a community, it's, it, it's something that we can encourage each other to do. Um, and I love how it's the peace of Christ and the word of Christ and to rule and to dwell. I mean, that's just, it's such back to your point, Sean, it's such like powerful language and it just, we should be able to kind of picture what that looks like for each of us as, as people, but also as a community. Amen. I think it kind of harkens back to earlier in Colossians three, you know, that if this is our reality, we're seeking the things that are above, we're putting to death what is earthly within us. You know, we're trying to put on our new self. I think those, that's the lid that we're, we're engaging with and opening. And when you do those things and you open that lid, like you said, man, the Holy spirit will move and transform you. Like we know that he does for, for all of us. So I really love that. And yeah, just that, that, that idea that this is always, always, always going to be a constant process for all of us. You know, we're, we're humans, we're fickle people, and we just, we're so inundated with information on a daily basis. 
we're surrounded with social media, with TV, with radio, with, with everything, the internet. And, you know, our cups can only hold so much. And so we're always going to be in this process of having to empty out the bad stuff and open that lid to Jesus, which in some ways can sound discouraging and like it's a long path ahead. But in reality, it's a really beautiful thing that we have this freedom in Christ. It's a beautiful thing that for all of our time here on earth, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are going to be there for us to fill our cups up when we need it. And it kind of reminds me of Charlie pointed us uh, in his questions at the end to look at Hebrews 12. And in the beginning of that, you know, we're just, there's this calling for us to, to, to run this race with endurance, you know, to, to run with endurance, the race that's set before us. And I love just thinking about that, that this is a lifelong thing of sanctification, of transformation, and it's never going to stop. But I love that in Hebrews, the author says, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. And then big capital, bold letters, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so let that be an encouragement to you if you're thinking, oh man, they're always telling me to read the Bible on this podcast. Yeah, we are, and we we always will, but it's a beautiful and precious thing for us. I love it. One of the other things that I want to say too is of these four actions that, that Charlie gave us to look at from Colossians 3, he asked us in the in the discussion and reflection questions, like which one of these do you find most difficult? And I'm curious what you guys think. As I was thinking about that, I thought, okay, man, maybe like if you grab like a just a random poll of like a hundred people from our church, is is there a certain one that would rise to the top as like this is the most common uh hardest one for people? And my guess is that it would be number one, the forgiving and the forbearing as Christ has forgiven us. And I, I just kind of wanted to say, like, you may have been listening on Sunday or, or listening now and just being like, man, but you don't know what so-and-so has done to me. Um, or you don't know um, this pattern of abuse or this pattern of um, of dishonesty or or... Mm-hmm you know, you don't know how, like the hell that I live in, you know? And I just wanted to say like, man, we, I mean, like we were talking, just, we have compassion towards that. And I have found in, in sharing those things with people in our faith family, I have, I have found people meet it with compassion and kindness and, and to, to really come alongside me and say, okay, like, let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's, um, let's just take a minute and just look at what, how Christ has forgiven you. And like, let's dig into that and, and, and see how God will move in your heart to, to change things and shift things. So if you're listening or you were listening on Sunday and you're like, man, I just, that part is really hard for me. Um, we, we want to be there for you. So man, if, if, if don't, don't like feel like you have to, um, carry this around by yourself, this unforgiveness, because man, that'll just eat, it'll eat away at your insides. You know, when we hold grudges against each other, when we let that root of bitterness grow up in our, in our lives, it just, it's that discord, the Heather that you were talking about, that's all that it produces. So I know Heather, I think you were saying that that was uh, something that you wrote down too, as like maybe being the most difficult one for you. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Dan, just like struggling through it because it is a hard forgiveness can be hard. And it's sometimes something that those feelings of unforgiveness or bitterness can come up again, again, and again. 
And I in um, the My Heart Unveiled study, little shameless plug. I like it. They talk about how um, forgiveness, this is another term that I think the world can distort. And um, it's not necessarily forgetting. And it's not necessarily saying what you did to me was okay. So if you know you have been harmed in a really wrong way or sinned against in a really awful way, it's not saying, oh, I'm okay with that now. Just sweep it under the rug, brush it off, yeah. Right, but it's really understanding who we are in light of the Lord and, like you said, letting go of that forgiveness. And and I think as we start to grasp what the Lord has done for us, um, we see the weight of, of His forgiveness. And then, like Charlie said, we start to say, who am I? To not hmm. forgive someone, you know, who am I to to withhold that pardon from them? And um, yeah, so I and I totally understand that, and I've struggled through it before for sure. And um, this, yeah, it struck home just this Sunday listening to it, and um, I was just thinking, like, what can we do in the moment, like in the midst of of conversations where we're talking with someone? And um, I think it's easy when we're having disagreements, like I was thinking about, you know, in marriage, when my husband and I have a disagreement. Well, you guys disagree? Yeah, I know. Wow, that's weird. (laughs) His mom want to get that checked out. I know. We'll have to start seeing someone. Um, It's easy to want to win the other person over, right? And to we we get prideful and um, we feel hurt by what the person has said, maybe. But there's so much beauty in remembering um, who we are in light of the Lord. And I think that's where that humility and compassion comes into (laughs) and humbling ourselves and being like, okay, what's my, what's my goal, my motive in this? Is it to, to win and to make my position clear and to get everybody to understand, or is it to love this person and to put Christ on display? And so, um, yeah, I've just been thinking about that a lot and, um, to be honest, I, I, that's something that I'm growing in. It's like, okay, what are, what are some action steps? And so I, for me, I think, um, humbling myself before the Lord for sure, praying in the moment is helpful. Um, but I also wanted to ask you guys if you like, if anything comes to mind of like super practical things that maybe we could even encourage others with to do in that moment where we're struggling to love someone else. And that kind of is also like what Charlie asked in, in question number one, like, um, what do we do when it's hard to love a fellow believer? A- absolutely. Um, and, and I love that you brought that up. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, earlier in this podcast, I, I pulled up Zephaniah 3 because I wanted to reference this verse when we we're on our music soapbox. Um, because, you know, in Zephaniah 3.17, it says at the end of the verse that, that God will rejoice over us with singing. So I want to talk about that. But anyways, but then as I held it pulled up right now as we're talking, I just happened to look at it. It says, the Lord, your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. Mm -hmm. I just love thinking about that. And it's really helped me. You know, you mentioned praying in the moment. And I think there's kind of two things with this, um, maybe three things. If you're, because I mean, of course, we've all been there, those of us who are married. And in those moments where where it's been really heated with me and Patty and I've, it's just been in that really kind of combative state, you know, Really, that's what had to happen was first, which isn't, you know, a super scriptural thing, but I think you just need to take a step back for a second, take a breather 
and, you know, in other situations, maybe this is like a friendship or a, a long distance grudge, whatever it is, or maybe you're engaged in like a Facebook fight, whatever it is. The step one is just take a step back, remove yourself from this bite so you can think clearly. Because when you're in the midst of it, you just, you're consumed with trying to win. You're consumed with or defending because you feel like you were hurt or attacked or whatever it is. And so I think step one, just remove yourself from the situation. And, and even if that's just going to a different room for a second or just saying, hey, can we just take a, a minute so we can just think and pray for a second? Mm-hmm. And step two, yeah, like pray about it. I don't know about you guys, but I have experienced countless times now in my life, my tenure as a husband, this experience of of God quieting me with his love when I pray and ask for that. So you know, it's, yeah. it's really been miraculous. Like there's been times yeah. where I've been so friggin' angry <laughs> and then I reach out to Jesus and he just washes it away. He completely washes it away. And I think that that's something that all of us need to be comfortable doing is is coming to God with our hardships, with our sorrow, with our grief, with our anger. And instead of coming it to him and saying, God, I'm so angry at you, saying, God, you have loved me and demonstrated that through the blood of your son, Jesus. Please help me. And he is faithful to do that. And I've experienced that so many times. So that's the second thing is so separate yourself, pray for God to transform your heart in the moment. And I guarantee you he will. And then three, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but take this step of faith and I get it. It's super uncomfortable for a lot of people and a lot of relationships, but just stop and say, Hey, can I pray for us right now? And of course, hopefully marriages is more comfortable, but um, still, I think even in marriages, especially if you're not used to doing that or your marriage isn't one where you've built a habit of prayer or whatever, I get why that's uncomfortable. But it's such a two things. I think it's a powerful act for God to to calm both of your hearts. But also, it's one of the ways that we can show harmony. It's one of those ways that we can demonstrate love towards one another is by saying, "Hey, I love you enough. I care about you enough to to be praying for you right now." Mm, that's really good. Love it. Yeah. And then one thing that's really great too, and and just along those lines, like maybe this would fit in well with like step two of what you just said, Sean, but. I was just thinking about first Peter chapter four and it's, it's really a similar in verse eight. It's a, it's a similar, um, you know, language that, that Peter uses, um, that Paul uses in, in, in our passage that we've been looking at this week. So verse eight, he says, you know, above all these things, he's given all these commands. He's above all keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And the way I take that is, you know, sometimes we, we, we get wounded by somebody and, you know, they, they're careless with their words or they, um, you know, leave us out of something or they, whatever, whatever the offense is. And, and I think sometimes we are so quick to like, to go for like justice, you know? And it's like, I need to tell that person what they did to me, or I need to, to treat them. Like I need to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, pay it back or, or, or get vengeance. yeah, get vengeance or whatever, you know, revenge. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, I think every time, actually, I think we need to just take a step back and just ask the Lord, okay, is this something that love can cover? Like, is this something that grace can cover? Um, can, can you and me, Holy spirit, can we work it out, um, to where the offense can be removed um, and I don't even have to go to that person. I don't even have to bring it up to them. And I know I found when I asked the Lord that, that 
a lot of times he, he like ministers to that wound and heals it up and it's just done. And I can just, I can just let it kind of just ride. You know what I mean? Um, and then other times I, f- I feel like he's, he, he speaks to me and says, no, I think you should go, you should go talk to the person and work it out and seek, you know, seek reconciliation because, um, because of the severity of the wound or whatever. So, um, or he's maybe just working out some other purposes that he, he, you know, he wants to in the conversation. I know even Sean and I have had times like this where, where I've gotten my feelings hurt or whatever. And, uh, I just take it to the Lord and he just love covers it. Um, but other times it's like, okay, no, we need to ha- we need to sit down and work it out. So I think that's, um, an important thing as well, whether uh, for any relationship you're in. I mean, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that, I mean, so many, I mean, I've been personally so encouraged by both of you in this episode and hopefully listener you, you have as well, and you have a lot to go on. So I, we might leave it here with, um, as far as action steps for you, two things, one, as always, you know, have you been, and if not really make that effort to be steeping yourself in scripture, to be immersing yourself in Christ and open that lid up. You know, some of you, you got rusted on lids through years of bitterness or of habit or whatever, or you're focusing on other things, you know, it's really easy to do that in, in Bay Area and in Western culture, you know, careers, all that stuff. But get some WD-40 from the Holy Spirit, ask him for help and humility, crank that lid open and really open it up for the Holy Spirit to do his work in your life because he will. But then also, man, this is a bit of a stretch and you might have to get vulnerable here, but it would be so awesome for us to hear from you guys, for us to hear kind of like Heather shared a little bit vulnerably and maybe some of you can, how have you seen this? You know, maybe some of you this week after listening to this will take that step and really offer forgiveness where you weren't going to before. And I just want to encourage you, you know, I know sometimes it feels like sharing those things with other people feels very like spotlighty and it's all about you. And and I'm that way. I don't like being, you know, me, 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 but really it's an opportunity for, for you to, to serve our people, for you to demonstrate the love of Christ to our people. And, and you sharing a story of how God worked in a situation may seem small to you, but it's huge for us to be able to have this harmony and this koinonia together and, and to see it in a real way that we're more than people who just show up on Sunday and, and sing and listen and go home. You know, we're more than that. We're deeper than that. We do life together. We, we work through grief together. We work out forgiveness together. We love Jesus together, all these things. So, so help us, if you don't mind, in that journey and send over what's going on in your life uh, this week. Please do. Yeah, it's a, it'll spur us on for sure. Dan and have any ending nuggets for you guys? Just smell, smell like Jesus, not fish. Ditto. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. You, you guys know what an ichthys is, right? The Jesus fish? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're onto something, those early Whoa. Christians. Maybe they're making a point here. We should smell like Jesus fish. This is like Inception. <laughs> it's like a fish wow. within a fish. Ichthys. Several... Several layers down of fish. All right, we're we're stumbling (laughs) off our soapbox. Spiraling out of control at this point. (laughs) Uh, We love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode 
go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.